Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, if I'm uh, going to be an expert on something, there are certain things I spent. I spent a year cooking one brisket. That uh, is true, uh, uh, and um, I enjoyed every one of them. It's, it's a worthy task. It's yep. like in Last Samurai, you know, to find a perfect peach blossom is a worthy <laughs> life well lived. Uh, you know, some of these things, and you know, we live in Missouri, and we have very kind of simple tastes and, you know, kind of more of a, of a, of a redneck tendency. But every once in a while, True. we get a guest on this show that has just a tremendous amount of mental horsepower, somebody that spent thousands of hours churning through the most difficult topics of our time in private, refining them, putting them down on paper, mm-hmm. working it out, and then brings them into public. And it's like this, this perfect thing. And you're yep. like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to hear what this guy has to so say. So true, and I'm so excited about I, I wish we we had like hours and hours and hours and days to continue to break this down, but I, I guarantee Flyover family, you are going to fall in love with today's guest. One of the brightest people we've ever had an opportunity to to speak with. He's author of a book called uh, Author of America's Last Stand. And uh, we talk about this every day. We're at a fork in the road. Will you vote to save America or destroy America? And and it, it's it's not just, just to get you wound up. We really are at that kind of a fork in the road. And I'm so glad to be able to have Mr. Drew Allen with us today. Yay! Welcome! That's, that's by far, um, without any competition, the greatest introduction I've ever, I've ever had. So I appreciate that. Oh, that well, is awesome. Well, we really are excited that you're on the show with us yes. today. You do have a brilliant mind, and the way that you look at information and then share it, it's very encouraging, at the same time, very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why your book is so important, because we are at a fork in the road right now. Are we going to vote to save, or are we going to destroy America? And it comes down to 2024. We are in the year. In fact, we are 279 days away from the election. And so- We know because we got a countdown clock in front of us every day because it's that important. Mm -hmm. Let's jump back to the beginning. And I got some critical questions I think our audience needs to know about. But but real quick, what what kind of led to you, you you, you, you- getting to this place where you were so fed up, you're like, you know what? I know you, I know you work with a lot of really talented people. You you represent uh, talent creators and authors and, and, and brilliant thinkers. But uh, to be able to speak out clearly on these biggest issues, a lot of people in your professional position actually keep the political ideas to the side and try to not rock the boat too much. Uh, you're coming in and you're taking the canoe and just going blah uh, to it, uh, which is kind of different. What brought you to that place where you're willing to be so transparent and clear on where we are and what we need to do? Yeah, well, I, I think that I can't <clears throat> ignore a big life-changing event for me, which was the birth of my first born daughter um, in, in March of last year. And as passionate as I was about the country, as involved I had been as kind of a pundit, uh, having a podcast, talking about this, these issues, being a publicist for a lot of these well-known individuals too, it gave me, uh, it, 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 it activated me even further, if you can believe it. And I love history and I could see what was coming down the pipe. And I could see how significant 2024 was going to be. But look, everyone says every election is the most important election. And that may very well be true, but this is on a different level. And what I explain in the book is that this 2024 presidential election, it is the third major battle, the third major test we face as a nation. It's as serious as the American Revolution and the Civil War. That's how serious 2024 is. 
And of course, the difference here is we are trying to take back our country's destiny and our own destiny with elections. And of course, the Democrat Party, which is what's so frightening, are trying to take away that very avenue we have, peaceful means, by going after Trump, trying to prevent yeah. him from running, put him in jail, it's election interference, and so on and so forth. And, and then you look at how far left this country has gone mm-hmm. under this Biden administration, and not just how far left, but I call it in the book an American Dark Age. I mean, yeah. if it... By every metric, we are in trouble, whether it's fiscally, whether it's the border and our nation's sovereignty, whether you look at national security, whether you look at what's going on in our public schools and uh, education, the fact that now we're having arguments about there being more than two genders, uh, that we're trying to open up bathrooms in public schools uh, for transgender students, that we have gender. I mean, everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a disaster. And and on top of that, what this all boils down to is what we faced in 1776 and before, which fundamentally, it's not just GOP versus Democrat Party. There are plenty of rhinos guilty. What you're looking at yeah. is of a, a bunch of elitists in Washington, D.C. who are tyrants. And we are facing tyranny again. We have an FBI that has been weaponized, right? That's purpose. It's like an HR department. It, it defends the company. It defends the, those in government, not the actual citizens or employees themselves. And, and we're on the brink of losing everything that we have been the beneficiaries of since the conception uh, of this nation. And so I just wanted people, one, to understand the gravity of the situation mm-hmm. and then realize that we are living through history right now, and we can save the country. I'm not trying to to demoralize people, but I'm trying to get people to understand that we as Americans, we have patriotism in our DNA, not racism, but patriotism. And we are called on right now. This is the generation like Reagan talked about, you know, freedom's only one generation away from extinction. Well, it will be extinct if we don't do something and make a stand here in 2024. Such a great point. Something that we've said for quite a while, and I think since we started our show, is there was a real pride in especially conservative Christians of being part of the silent majority, almost like patting our our, our backs raw, like, oh, we're part of the silent majority. That's why we are where we are today, because the plumb line of Jesus was taken out of all of these spheres of influence, and uh, right was was called wrong, and wrong was called right, and now we have good is evil, and evil is good. And, And so I think it's really important that we can no longer be silent, that we have to let our voices be heard. And that's why, you know, when we started our show, we felt like it was a mandate from the Lord that he said, we have to wake people up, but at the same time, people have to speak up and they have to show up. They can't just be awake because when you're awake and you don't take any action, now you're just full of fear and now you're not doing anything to make a difference. So as you're looking at our country, you've written a book, what are ways that you think that people can actually speak up and show up to make a difference? Well, people underestimate, frankly, just speaking up in general, standing up for things. I, I, I love coming on shows like this, and I've never had opened up with hosts that actually prayed over the episode. And I'm a Christian, and I, I don't, that's not a secret uh, or anything like that. I'm very proud of it. But I love coming on here because I think there's so many analogies that could be made if you happen to be a Christian or a person of faith to what's going on in the country and what needs to happen. Not just because I believe we're in a spiritual battle more than anything else, but because the same mistake that Christians have made are the same mistakes that Americans have made. And that's this. Jesus does not call on us to sit at home and thumb through our Bibles in private 
and just sit there quietly digesting the word. He calls upon us to go forth and make disciples of all nations. And of course, disciples are people who are activists. These are people who are going out with a mission Mm -hmm. uh, to bring the word to people. Um, So activism. And the same is true in America, this quote unquote silent majority. You see, we for so long, and I'll include myself in it, even though, uh, you know, I, I'm a geriatric millennial, but it's not all my fault, but I'm not a victim. <laughs> uh, but, um, but look, I, we've sat here and enjoyed the fruits of those who've sacrificed before us. And we haven't taken, like as a constitutional republic, George Washington said it, you know, you, it relies and depends upon an enlightened citizenry. And of course, yeah, we've got the news and the media that's propagandist that lies to people. But at the end of the, end of the day, uh, we take this nation for granted and we sit at home and we, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. We go to church on Sunday, we raise families, we go to work, but we don't really participate in maintaining this republic. We leave that to Mitch McConnell to fundraise and go pick our candidates for us on the right. Uh, we, we let other people run for office and, and get involved in politics. And most of the people that want to get involved in politics are those people that should not be involved in politics. They're tyrants. Mm-hmm. They, 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 have, they have broken souls and hearts, and they're looking to go there and do something that's going to be antithetical to the founding and freedom. And so we have to change our mentality in this country and, and this is the thing, too, you know, Christianity, you know, this is still a majority Christian nation. It's uh, on the decline in many ways, thanks to many factors. Uh, but it's still a majority Christian nation. And that should that should be encouraging to us because Christians should be a very strong bulwark against this Marxism, this godlessness that is overtaking the country. And yet, where are the Christians today making a stand? Well, the Christian faith has been so bastardized by the left who says, you know, separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. And they tell us, for example, you know, if you don't tolerate, you know, some little Johnny in a skirt going into your daughter's 11 year old daughter's bathroom, you're intolerant. And that's not Jesus's message. You know, they have, they have lied about what the message is and use that against us to, to force us to be these silent uh, frankly, losers watching our country and our children yeah. slip away. Uh, Jesus was not tolerant. He was enormously intolerant of all sin. He didn't sit there with a prostitute and say, hey, I like what you're doing with your body. You keep going, okay? This is me, love. No, love is you have an alcoholic in the family and you don't go and buy them booze. You tell them, hey, I think that's a bad idea. Right. With a transgenderism, I would say, and actually, I, I'm not going to be, you know, I went on one radio show and they cut me off. And they couldn't tolerate me making this stance a long time ago. But I said, look, the, the transgender thing is a mental illness. It's mental illness, like bulimia, anything else. And it's not a, an act of love to tell some 11-year-old like, hey, yeah, go down that path. You know, so, somebody can be transgender and I can still love them, but I don't have to sit here. Like the message they tell us Christians is you just have to condone everything. No, I don't. That's why we're in trouble. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That's exactly. You know, right. it, it, it's a mental illness to sit there and watch when you got perfectly healthy uh, young girls having you know breasts removed or uh, forearms you know removed. We had you know a, a writer uh, from the Christian Post on uh, just last week, and we showed some of these pictures because mm-hmm. people need to see it the same way uh, they needed to see the, the the picture. I think the guy's name is Peter from during you know slavery times when his picture got posted and it went you know you know viral in 1800s 
of, of the scars on his back from the negative sides of slavery. When people saw that, all of a sudden, it changed the conversation immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to be able to look at this and say, you know, this is wrong. It's wrong. You know, and it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 it's a sin to be tolerant of everything that's happening that is clearly harmful. And you don't have to be a Christian. You don't need a Bible verse to look at this and say, that's a bad, that's a bad idea. But Drew, I have a question for you because how then did the left capture this high ground. If you have a dinner conversation, you have to be more apologetic. Like, well, I voted for Trump and I have this, but they can be proud. Hey, I voted for Joe Biden and he was a known liar since his very first uh, Senate race. He plagiarized. Johnny Carson joked on stage about what a, 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 a thief of words Joe Biden was. They've known that. The guy showered with his daughter, you know, to an inappropriate age. Like every, yep. you just go down the list. We can yep. spend the whole show of everything that would be repulsive about just Joe Biden. And then we could just branch out from there. But they have this moral high ground of, hey, we're the good guys. And, and well, Trump wasn't nice. Where you want to look at like, you know, every different thing he did right. We have a whole list of, we have 80 some things that he did while in office from, you know, the right to try act to, you know, billion dollars going to historically black colleges and universities, like whatever front you want to talk about policies, he did good things. Mm-hmm. But, but yet if you're the dinner conversation, they have the moral high ground and we're weak and apologetic. Like, how did that happen? How did they do that? Cause to me, it's a, it's a very clever trick of some sort. Oh, it's 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 brilliant because they don't really have to beat us. We beat ourselves. We just wave the white flag of surrender. I, I'm going to answer the question, but to point out an example of this, which you were alluding to anyway, I think it's changing. But one of the things that bothered me so much in 2020, for example, the election was the same thing. The left was trying to take the moral high ground. And you would see this with Republicans all the time who they would they would have conversations about. Trump versus Biden or whatever. Maybe a Democrat was talking to you about it. Happened, you know, to me and I saw it happen. But they, you know, all the Republicans that were supporting Trump were these reluctant supporters that were apologizing for him, like, oh, I don't like him either. I wish I had another option, but I have to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, the Democrats were like, he's Hitler, die. If you don't, uh, 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 you know, tell us that you want nothing to do with Trump and agree with, I lost friends over this, lifelong friends, because, uh, I mean, look, I had always been uh, conservative. They'd always been Democrats. I went to this elitist all-male college preparatory school in Dallas, a Jesuit school, a bunch of liberals. So we knew each other, but then 2020, something changed. And that's basically what happened. I was evil for supporting Trump. But what you saw from so many Republicans is they wouldn't push back on this. They wouldn't say, right. actually, nope. I'm proud of Trump. Look what he did. Uh, look what your guy's done. No, we sit there and we accept the premise. This is what we do with everything, whether it's guns. You you name the issue. The problem with uh, many Americans on the right is that we accept the left's premises. So they, they can say the most ridiculous thing and we act like it's true. And then we get on a defensive position. We need to be on offense all the time. That's what we need to be doing. And in 2024, for example, I have a z- zero tolerance for this. Look, it's going to be two things. My publisher's really happy because uh, I guess it's impressive now that I talk about it, but it, I think people can agree now it's going to be Trump versus Biden or some other Democrat they're yeah. replacing yep. with, but Clearly. Trump's going to sure. be the nominee. Definitely. Well, my book came out at the end of October. So I was writing this book last year with the premise that it's going to be Trump versus Biden or some other Democrat, and you better vote for Trump. So thankfully, it is going to be Trump, <laughs> yes, or I wouldn't exactly. have much of a book. <laughs> that played out well. Um, yeah. But, but I, this is the kind of stuff I address. I mean, one, 
if you if you ask yourself that Reagan question during that debate with Jimmy Carter, he, of course, said, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Yeah. Well, we lived under Trump. We lived under Biden. Are you better off under Biden than Trump? No. But then you have Americans who will say, well, I don't care. I'll, I'd rather watch the country burn because Biden's a better, nicer, more moral person than Trump, which also isn't true. This is the whole mean tweet situation. It's untrue. The thi- See, people do not think critically for themselves anymore. They buy the left's lies about Trump, whether it's the losers and suckers hoax, whether it's Trump-Russia collusion, whether it's quid pro quo, whether it's the J6 supposed insurrection yeah. that never happened, or if there was an insurrection... It was committed by the FBI and the deep state. But anyway, uh, these, these are all real things. And yet we're sitting here like, oh, Trump's so, ba- Trump's so bad, you're going to lose the country if you can't vote for him and pull the trigger in 2024. That's exactly right. What do you think about the lawfare that they're using against President Trump right now from the Biden administration? Well, I actually think that's the impetus for this book because- you know, when you're a part of history, it's hard to understand contextually how bad things are, what's going on, because it's just day to day. We still have to take care of our families and everything else. Right. But one thing you can look at is the lawfare because it's unprecedented. That's something that's never happened in our history. No former president or president has ever been indicted for any crime committed. And I explain it this way. You can go back and look at Bill Clinton, who actually committed crimes. He perjured himself in front of a grand jury when he said, you know, he didn't have sexual relations with that woman and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing happened to him. You can go back to the Civil War. And he wasn't a president, but General Robert E. Lee committed treason. I don't know if people know this, but... He was leading the Confederacy. That was a real insurrection. That was actual treason. But Robert E. Lee, uh, he was actually indicted by a grand jury. And then later they dropped all the charges because they wanted to heal the nation. Right. So now you have them going after Trump. That's the crux of it right there. That were not even committed. There were no crimes committed. And so this is a, a banana republic thing. And this should go. This is what bothered me in the prize. The primaries have gone on. People that even would want to run against Trump. If you cannot acknowledge that one of the biggest battles we face as a nation is the left and what they're doing to attack Trump, whether it's this E. Jean Carroll garbage, who is the one who actually defamed Trump, but somehow she's supposedly coming away with 83 million. I mean, it's just, it's out of control. And every American Democrat Republican should be united and saying enough. But, you know, this is, this is why it's so important also to reelect Trump in 2024, because they cannot get away with this. Well, and I, I think most people watching this, uh, whether they want to put themselves into the narrative or not, if they just want to sit back and kind of like just kind of be a, a non-participant, most people would look at America today and say, your outcome in our society, whether you're going to be uh, canceled or promoted, if you're allowed to be mm-hmm. on a screen with Jimmy Fallon and I and, and talk, or it is going to be strictly determined based on your politics. This leftist agenda is this steamroller moving forward and and you're either on board with it or you're getting run over by it. And I think they have this appearance of this is what everybody thinks. Everybody agrees with this all on board. And it's no, it's just, I think most people are weak and they've captured the screens. And, but that's, it, it doesn't reflect the moral compass of even most Americans, even in our society today. Yeah, and that's that's an important point, too, about why are we in this situation? What's going on? How did the left pull this off? We don't push back, again, enough. And so in so many ways, perception is reality. And so if you allow the left and the media 
and, and the different means with which they do it, controlling, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Disney or whatever, you know, they are creating a situation where even though we're the majority, because we're so quiet all the time and nobody's backing us up, we don't have this conversation enough. We start to feel like maybe we're not the majority, like, oh, and, and also the left makes sure there are repercussions, even if they're not legal, but you are shunned mm-hmm. in society mm-hmm. by a minority of tyrants if you speak the truth. And so really what I call this, I mean, look, how is it possible that in this country, yes, okay, we went from slavery, all Democrats, of course, but we went from slavery, we, we abolished slavery, then we had Jim Crow, and then of course we went from Jim Crow to welfare, which is the same thing, it's, it's just modern slavery. Mm-hmm. Yep. But how is it possible that after the Civil War, we had these Jim Crow laws and discrimination that continued for like another hundred, I mean, how is it possible that this, this continued? And what you learned in the civil rights movement is actually a majority of Americans that weren't Democrats, Southern Democrats, they weren't on board with this type of discrimination. They didn't think it was morally appropriate. And yet this persisted, persisted in America for a very, very long time until what happened? Black people said, nah, I'm finally going to stand up and we're going to have this peaceful civil rights movement. And people saw what was going on, and finally the table started to turn. But, I mean, look what it took. And, look, this is a civil rights movement we're in right now. It's the same thing, except sure. this isn't after black people. It's after all Americans. Mm-hmm. It's against freedom lovers. And if you look at the border, for example, with people really, I think, supporting, hopefully, what Abbott's trying to do. I'm not sure right now. I see these pictures of open gates and stuff. But, nonetheless, it appears that Texas is somewhat serious about uh, standing up to the federal government. It's about more than the border. It's about the fact that you have an unaccountable federal government that is unconstitutional, that is lawless, and that believes it can do whatever it wants uh, without any repercussions. And so the border battle to me is like, okay, finally, we have a state that has a little bit more power than me. Maybe they mm-hmm. can make a stand and, you know, kind of give the middle finger to the tyrants. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what we're looking at in the... I mean, it's as simple as that in this country. It's literally freedom versus mm-hmm. tyranny. Flyover family, we're talking to Drew Allen, and he's the author of, of America's Last Stand. And then make sure you know how to find his Substack. All the links are down below so you can get access to this book. And I, I want his voice and his content and the way that he, he, he deciphers these things, puts them out, to be in this steady drip over the next 270-some days uh, leading up to this. Because we need to be able to have better conversations at the dinner table, better conversations in the church foyer, better conversations at the water cooler. Um how do you how do you help you, people? Let's say a Substack real fact. Okay. It's drew.allen.substack.com. So drew.allen.substack.com. So make sure you go there and you're following him there. How do you help people uh, in this situation? The the left, all that they need is to do one good thing, and it, it, it washes out all this bad. If you're a Christian or a conservative, they say, "Well, look, there's this Republican in this state that did this thing." You know, you're like all of a sudden it washes out all all good. Like they need to find one flaw, you know, uh, oh, well, uh, Trump said this all of a sudden it's like nothing good ever happened. And it was, it's all about that. But Joe Biden could like, you know, say hi to somebody. And it's like, see, he did a good thing. It washes out all bad. It's this, it's this, uh, like inverted version of justice and, and people all of a sudden wilt under that. You have this conversation mm-hmm. and they're like, well, uh, Joe Biden helped an old lady once cross the street and Trump said something mean. And so Biden's a better person and his policies are all better and America's better under mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Like they, they, the, the metric that it takes for them 
to be the good guy is the exact opposite of what it takes for Christians and conservatives. How do we have those better conversations, like I said, at the dinner table, the water cooler, and and the church foyer? <laughs> such, such a perplexing and, and, and brilliant question <laughs> and point. You're right. I mean, it's like these two standards— you know, Joe Biden could murder somebody, but if he if he if he you know waves nicely at a at a four year old instead of sniffing her hair, you know he's he's mm-hmm. the greatest. He's Jesus Christ. You know, come back uh, again. And yeah. and with with Donald Trump, you know, he could give away a billion dollars to help poor people. And uh, if he says uh, screw you, journalist, you know, it's like the end of the world. I mean, this is oh, crazy. he's mean Look, and frightening. I, yep. Yeah, he's mean and frightening. I mean, none none of it's true. I mean, one is a Christian. For goodness sakes, I expect imperfection. We are all imperfect. We're all sinners. So this idea that we're looking for to elect Jesus Christ, I mean, I do not understand this. You know, there's this world that we're trying to do the best we can in. And then fortunately for believers, we're not stuck here forever. You know, we yep. get some peace at some point. But uh, but I, I just I just I reject this notion altogether. And, and, and with a politician, I mean, the media has changed things. I mean, the fact that a president of the United States, that an election is this important is ridiculous anyway. It's it's antithetical to the founding. Nobody should be able to move the needle of this country in terms of freedom or tyranny like this with an election, because we have the same constitution and everyone swears to uphold that that oath. But of course, we have this this factionalism and so on and so forth. Right. But um, but no, look, I am I am. I, I mean, just can people please just have a sense of self-preservation? You know, you're not marrying this person. You don't right. have to hang out mm-hmm. with this person. I'd much rather hang out with Trump than any Democrat, by the way, still. Uh, but, you, you know, you're looking at what's best for the country. I mean, do you do you want World War Three? Do you want peace in the Middle East? Uh, do you want to... Uh, I don't know, take care of American citizens or do you want to continue to send all of our money that we don't have to Ukraine for this proxy war that is being waged on behalf of the same corrupt politicians that are in D.C. screwing the American people? Uh, I mean, do, do you want a, an economy that works again? Do you want financial security? That's Trump. If you, if you, if you want to sit here and watch the economy implode and explode, Vote for Joe Biden. I mean, yeah. the, the problem is it's just propaganda. And, and uh, uh, the last thing I'll say about it is like qu- quarter two of 2022, the Biden administration said they created over 1 million jobs. <laughs> yes. And then you go <laughs> so to December bogus. of that year. December of that year, the Philadelphia Fed yeah. looked at the numbers and said, actually, you created 10,000. So this is what they do. And so people right now will buy this garbage like, oh, the economy – is the economy, go to the grocery store, go fill up your gas tank. S- look at what's happening actually, not what you're being told through this filter is happening to you. Use your own judgment, have some confidence and take back your country. Stop saying, oh, it's, it's, they're going to take care of it or whatever. They're not. And when it comes That's to people's day in day out experience, how a few tech companies are affecting the overall stock market when the majority of the jobs they create are overseas anyway, is not a reflection of our economy doing better, mm-hmm. average people, you know, uh, doing better. Um, the, the question I would even pose is we have this fork in the road. How do conservatives fare under a Biden regime? Well, they're 
persecuted. They're thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. The economy's bad, this kind of stuff. I don't care what color you are or even how you vote. Everybody suffers. You know, the Bible says, you know, when an un, when a when a slave becomes a king or an unjust ruler comes, the people moan and, and, and cry. How how did uh, minorities do? How did the left do? How did Democrats do under Trump's rule? Were they thrown in jail? Were they persecuted? Was their economy destroyed? Was their 401k Great destroyed? Uh, did, was was the funding in their colleges taken out? Like, um, even the left will prosper under a Trump presidency. Under a Biden presidency, both parties suffer unless you're part of a small group of elites. That's the reality, and that's the narrative that we have to be able to address and dismiss. I mean, the whole Democrat Party's platform is built on a lie. The idea that they're the champion of blacks in this country, that's built on a lie. I I address that in the book, too, a lot of this. Um, But but you're correct. At the end of the day, the left's policies hurt everyone except the elites in Washington, D.C., the consultant class. And people should be encouraged to support Trump by what you see happening. all of these people are in collusion, of course, to prevent Trump from ever being in office again because he's a threat to the grift. That's the reality. You have to understand, and it's it's foreign for a lot of people. I know this as a publicist who deals in the periphery with some of this, but you do have a consultant class that you know makes money off of campaigns and these donations. Uh, obviously, you have people who are in Washington, D.C., the lobbying class and so on and so forth. Donald Trump was a threat to all of that. The war machine mm-hmm. apparatus wasn't functioning like you're seeing right now, where you're just pouring money into these different companies. Right. I mean, it's true. I mean, money does the answer to a lot of things. It's it's power and money. And you, you're not going to be able to understand and answer the question why, though. I, I said this on some other shows before. You're not going to understand why Ted Bundy, the serial killer, did what he did. You can look at his mommy issues and you can talk to some shrinks. But you as a person who's not a lunatic serial killer, you're not going to get in that person's mind. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get in the mind of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden who are willing to sell their country out. Just understand that it's about inherently protecting what they have. They have stolen from the American people. And their survival depends upon what? What's the biggest amount of money you can take in this country? It's not, it's not, it's not a Facebook. It's not a Tesla. It's the American taxpayer. Trillions of dollars stolen in taxes. That's what funds these people. And so you are a threat to what they have. Just like you want to protect your family and what you've built for yourself, well, they want to continue to protect what they've stolen because that's all they know. And so that's intrinsically Mm -hmm. what we're up against and government, a necessary evil and liberty and the American people, we're always like this. They're in conflict because Mm. it's hard to find balance with what they want and what serves them is absolutely in conflict with what benefits you. Such a great point. Okay, flyover family. Drew we, again, Allen. we are at a fork in the road. We're 279 days from the 2024 election, and we have to take action. It's not just, oh, I don't know what to do. Yep. Find out what you can do in your own community and get Drew's book. Go to Amazon, get America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2020? Because you gotta have better conversations with the people that are in your circle, and God yep. has given you influence in their lives. If you know that person and you have a voice in their world, you've got to push back on these crazy narratives and you can't show up at a gunfight with no bullets. 
Okay. That's Th- right. This, this is a war of ideas and you better have something loaded in the chamber when it comes time to talk. This book will equip you to do that. Because Drew's not going to have the conversation at your dinner table or, you know, with your neighbors or at your school. Or, he didn't know your brother-in-law. You know, he doesn't know. You have those conversations, but by reading this book, as well as his stubs, a substack, again, I missed up earlier. It's not Drew.Allen. It's DrewAllen.substack.com. DrewAllen.substack.com. Uh, when you go there, these are ways to, to get your bullets yes. so that you know how to have better conversations. Drew, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We'd love it. to have you back again, man. You are a treat. Anytime. God bless you. And honestly, I, I mean, I, my day is really tremendous because of because of you two so thank you for those of you that are my age or maybe even you know a little older in that range you probably remember this commercial where's, where's the, the beef? beef oh yeah definitely and i guarantee if if there's a cut in the supply chain due to weather any other kind of political attack we're in election year your kids are going to be looking at you saying that exact same thing if all you've stored is rice beans and maybe some pudding they're, <laughs> they're like where's, where's the, the beef? beef they want to substitute real beef for stuff made in a lab it's alive it's alive even if you're, you know, kind of a prepared person, you've got a few things stored, it's hard to take care of the protein source in a way that's still enjoyable. These prices are so good and the beef isn't in such good quality, you could be storing this beef and use it on a regular basis. This could be part of your Taco Tuesday experience because you don't have to worry about storing it in a freeze location. The girl has tacos. So go to flyovermeat.com, use promo code flyover for a huge discount. Again, flyovermeat.com, promo code flyover. All right, let's get our stuff together here. Hi, I'm David Whitey. <laughs> if we can skip the hi, my name's David part, because that's where I got it tend to derail. Hi. <laughs> But I did good. See, look. First thing it says, say your name. Say your name. <laughs> say your name, David. If <laughs> you've been wondering what to do with the spare time you have on Saturday mornings, if I got a way for you to fill that time—not cleaning your garage, folding your laundry, or doing something with yourself—filling your head with worthless information about what may or may not have happened five thousand years ago. <laughs> have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or about? chemtrails in the sky or have you ever had a friend at, at school talk to you about friend at school <laughs> some days when you're sitting there with your lunch pail you're talking to your friend at school they, they bring up your flat earth she's thinking it's flat I don't know if flat she's flat or not I don't know alligators are angry because they got all those teeth and no toothbrush and it's all true and we talk about it every Saturday <laughs> we talk about Rubik's cubes and stuff <laughs> We like to have conversations with people that have made documentaries, written books. Oh, this is terrible. I can like feel myself hating watching this later. Okay, give me a swoosh. Let's do this thing for real this time. Bye, got a show for you. <laughs> my, my, hang on, my, my eyes red now. You won't be able to tell in there. Peter can fix it. He can run it through a filter. Can he run it through the Brad Pitt filter and get rid of the, my red eyes? I'm probably doing the world a disservice. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years before. 
And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending, but we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. 